Hey, so uh, I, you know, I just um, was thinking to myself this morning, and thank you for that um, amazing uh, introduction. I always wonder when I hear someone read my bio, I think, I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say. But uh, I'm, I want to say to you, uh, I'm, I'm here this morning uh, as a, um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not here to sell you or try to convince you to listen to what I'm going to say to you. Because this is what I know. I know the Lord set this up. I'd ask to come speak and beg. And I, the Holy Spirit is my booking agent and does those things. And I'm not going to try and impress you either. I'm not going to try and tell you some super cool stories. I remember back in the way. I remember when the organ was here. I'm not going to do that. But what I am going to speak to you this morning, I believe, is with a level of urgency because I understand the day and time which we live. I actually changed my message. I know Gabriel don't love me anyway. But the Lord was just speaking to me this morning. And I want to be, I want to give you a, just a real-time message that's going to provoke you and it's going to challenge you uh, at, an, at a, I really believe, at the level in which you need to live. Are you okay? You all right? Okay, listen, I want to say a couple things to you. I'm sure I'm going to tell you something you've never heard before. So for some of you who maybe you've got a super high uh, level of retention, um, I know I'm a lifelong student. I mean, I've got about eight months, months left, and I'll finish up my doctorate in organizational theory. Uh, Hey, I'm after it. I want to learn. I want to learn. And I want to challenge you to learn. And I want to challenge you to have a voracious appetite and understand the moment you're in. Maybe I never talk to you again. That's great. But the fact of the matter is, is what are you going to do with what you hear today? I want to call you to a level of responsibility. I want to call you to a level where you recognize that even though the world is amping up, maybe you're an influencer, you've got however many followers on your Instagram or this and that. The fact of the matter is what matters the most if you're here on this hill and you've said yes to Jesus, what matters the most is, is that you sing the song, it might be old, but I Surrender All is a contemporary song in the kingdom where you live your life 100 and holy before God. You okay? Am I telling you anything new yet? But here's the thing. We are so after epic that we forget, according to scripture, that God actually uses ordinary. We want to be epic. We want to be amazing. That's incredible. There's so many adjectives and things we use to amp it up, to hype it up. But in the end of the day, the call is, will you be faithful to what God called you to do? Because this has never been a call to convenience. This has never been a call. Listen, I don't care if your mommy and daddy are pastors, leaders. It doesn't matter. I don't care where you come from. The fact of the matter is, is that gospel is not about where you've come from, even though it gives us information and understanding about where other leaders have come from. But what the gospel is about is where we're going. What are we doing? It's a gospel, good news, about transformation and revelation, us seeing things the way God sees them. And to wherever we go, we bring light. We bring strength. Where our lives are so salty, people are curious, and they want to know about this, this goodness, this good news that we're, we're talking about. And I want to talk to you this morning about right here, right now faith. Right here. Right now, faith. And we understand, if you look at Ma- in, the, in Matthew 25, 40, and this, that 25, you see some scripture verses, Jesus says to, uh, gives a snapshot of what it actually looks like when that moment comes where he's, God is saying to those, hey, you know what? Uh, he's separating the, you know, the, the, the shepherd separating those, right, um, who, are, who have been served, the, it says, righteously, and 
Um, he, says to, he says, and I want to just get this really clear. He says, the king, verse 34, the king will say to those on his right, come you who were blessed by my father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me, gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Uh, and then there's, of course, the question we are familiar with where they say, well, Lord, when, when, when was... Like, what are you talking about? Like, when did we actually do that? In verse 40, and the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to, the, to one of these, of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. The challenge in, which we, in the day in which we live is, is that no one is into the least of anything. Now, I understand that there's, so, there's, there's, there's this press where all of a sudden now it's actually end to have, uh, I would say, um, recorded compassion. You get your phone out, you record that good deed you did, everyone, you know, like, 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 hearts flying, oh, you're amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then the story comes out, and then you're shamed, and then you're canceled. I got good news for you today. Jesus was the one who started the whole cancel culture in the first place. He canceled on the cross. When he said it was finished, it was over. It was done. And the fact of the matter is that we have to live in a place understanding what the Bible says to us and what we're called to do so that we're able, we have eyes to see the least of these. Because otherwise, you know what? Just go home. Just pack your stuff. It's great. Get your piece of paper and hit. Unless you're absolutely 100% all about what he's saying and recognizing that the cross is not just something we experience once, but something we carry daily and something we're reminded of on a regular basis. See, we know John 3, 16, right? I mean, you quote it. You're like, oh, yeah, for God so loved the world. The way he gave yeah, and God sent the son to the world. Not the yeah, okay, right. But then there comes this thing, right? Not the great suggestion, but the great commission. I mean, did you hear the words you were singing today? I mean, seriously. I mean, I know how easy it is to get into the mode where you're just singing songs like, ah, oh, you're not singing my jam today. Because we think that worship is about us as opposed to, like, what God's speaking. Ah, oh, you know what? just so feel his presence when I sing that song, but not this one. So I'm just going to wait till my song comes on. I want to call you to maturity. I want to call you to death. I want to call you to challenge. I want to call you to saying, you know what, enough is enough. Because you know what, I remember sitting in your seats where you are, and I remember there were people who were a whole lot more anointed than me, but they lacked the character to stay. And so what happens? The glory days days of them in their youth where they met God. It was great. Elam the hill. <laughs> that was your best moment. Unless you say, Lord, all of me, every day, every minute, all the time, come hella high water. <gasps> hella high water. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because guess what? It comes. It comes. Hey, listen, 30, 37 years ago, I was sitting in your seats. And you're saying, wow, that guy, he's timeless. I know, it's true. It's true. Good genes. I mean, that's just how it works. My wife, my wife loves me. She takes care of me. Married 31 years. Yep. Three beautiful kids. My claim to fame about my kids is they love Jesus still. Pastor's kids, and I didn't let people wreck them. Some of you are recovering from it still, aren't you? Sometimes, you know, when you're a pastor's kid, people think that you're, the, you're part of the package. Like, oh, we hired your mom and dad, and you, you're included. And then I realize you're not. And so, you know, that little chip on your shoulder that keeps you, to, that self-preservation to keep people away from you, 
The weird part is when you get older, no one actually knows your story and they don't care where you came from. The question is, will you drag your past into your future? That's another message. But here it is. Here's a story. I want to talk to you about someone who was living a life, who was in process, growing and developing, and they began to understand the urgency of the gospel and not the tyranny of the pressure that's applied by even well-intentioned people. I'm talking about the life of Philip. The Bible, it describes Philip. If you look in this Acts chapter 6, read the whole book of Acts, Acts 6, 7, 8. It's amazing. <laughs> it tells us that uh, there was a meeting they held, had because the apostles were wondering, like, hey, listen, this is like, um, there are people who are, who are like, we need someone who's going to run the food program. This is, my, this is my abbreviated version. I'm moving, looking at the clock. And so they said, let's select some brothers who are well-respected, full of the spirit and, and, and full of the spirit of, and wisdom. Now, isn't that amazing? Like, you look at, you're like, someone says, hey, that person, they are, they are well-respected and full of wisdom and full of the spirit. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's awesome. But then they come out and they say, oh, yeah, we want you to, to take care of the people who are hungry. We want you to oversee the food program. Wait, 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 wait. I'm respected. Like, don't you understand? Like, I'm full of wisdom and full of spirit. Like, that just seems a little, like, beneath me. Like, what? And the Bible says that they lay hands on them and commission them into service. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I remember when uh, I had just come back from Bible college, and I was, uh, just before I was going to Bible college, actually, it's kind of funny, I was talking to my uh, pastor, uh, I had a, came from a great youth ministry. It was awesome. I remember saying to him, I really feel like God's called me into ministry. And he's like, that's great. Let's have a meeting. I'm like, okay, let's have a meeting. I mean, meet with a senior pastor. Like, woo, heck yeah. I mean, church is growing. Things are happening. I mean, one summer we went from 150 young adults to 400. That was just crazy. It was a mess. But God loves messes, by the way. You included. And... Um, here, here it is, right? Here, I, I meet with a pastor. I'm like, hey, I said, you know, I just really share with you. I really feel like the Lord is saying about ministry and this. And he goes, excellent. It's great. Excellent. Like, this is amazing. And he opens up his drawer and he pulls out a key. I'm like, dude, come on. I just said I'm called. I get an office already. That's crazy. Like, that's amazing. I don't know. Is anybody, I don't know. Well, maybe you're young, but I don't know. Is it like when you're so, in, you're so into you, you don't even realize you're into you? Like, I'm just so into me. I'm like, obviously, he's giving me the key because I just, I don't know, maybe, maybe I am as anointed as I think I am. And uh, he goes, you're going to open the church, and you're going to close the church. You're going to turn the heat on, and you're going to turn the air conditioning on. And if you get here late, people are going to sweat, or they're going to freeze, and they're going to know it's you because I'm going to tell the church. Wait, wait, you don't understand. I'm going to respect it. I'm full of the spirit. I'm full of wisdom. Listen, one of the greatest challenges you will have in ministry is you trying to esteem yourself above what God gives you to be faithful to. That's a wrestling match. The world right now tries to convince you you're not worth anything. Or you know what? We're going to really, really amp it up as far as, uh, you know, your life. You deserve it. You're this. You're that. You you, like, whatever happened to serving? You know, especially one of the biggest challenges, people actually, it's, it's like, uh, 
it's just, I don't know. I just, I, I, one of the things I love about Elam has helped me is, is like, you know what? You can have a global platform and still serve and be okay with it. Like, I love the nobody factor. I literally walk in the, I'm walking the conferences and, you know, some of you, you're really administrative and really focused and you have that, that like, focus face on. Like, you know, you go up to the, to, you know, to check in for the, the conference. I remember one time and I asked a question. I said, hey, um, where do I go to check in? Like, um, you know, and she's like, well, there's a registration sign right here. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. I said, but where do I go if, if this is me? And I pointed to my picture on the poster for the conference. And then all of a sudden, I became amazing. Oh, my God, it's so great to have you here. Let me, let me, call, let me call Bob. Bob, we got our... <laughs> Let's stop being fake. Let's stop digging ourselves. Let's stop believing the hype. And come to grips here. And I want to, incur, I want to personally invite you to prayer at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. At first I thought she said 4 o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, 4 o'clock in the morning. It's Bible concert. I'm like, you must be all about Jesus. Because I'll tell you what. I mean, people just look crazy at 4 o'clock in the morning. But I would encourage you to an encounter with Jesus so that what people say about you is that you are well-respected. You are full of the Spirit. And you can be entrusted with the smallest things. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that God uses, that the Holy Spirit is, is, it takes us to training camp and developing character in us through faithfulness. So here's Philip, a right here, right now moment. He's anointed. They're praying for him. They say, Philip, it's so great. It's, it's awesome. And, and here's the thing. I wouldn't ask you the question. In this right here moment, are you right here? Like, not, I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking right here and on the inside. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work in your life? Are you, allowing, are you asking God some brutal questions about your life? Like, I understand that we can get super introspective and not understand about God's love for us. But I want to ask you the question, where are you? Like, really, where are you? Where are you in relationship to where you know God is speaking for you to be? and where you really are. See, because here's the thing. God loves you enough to be able to handle your terrible attitude. God loves you enough even to handle your mess. And, and God loves you even to, uh, enough even to handle where you think that you've got intellectual prowess, but the real deal is your circle's just so small, you're the biggest fish in the pond. Wow, you're so brutal. No, no, I'm telling you the truth that's gonna provoke you. I don't, I'd rather you not like me and take it to Jesus than for me to rub your back and tell you it's going to be okay you know, and you never make a difference. It's not worth it. You know what? The whole world is waiting for you. They're waiting for you. They're, tr- they're, they're, they're people that you wouldn't even believe that are waiting to actually be introduced to some, shr- some thread of the goodness of God. I spent more time trying to actually unlearn what people try to teach me about God. And in in, when I was in my generation, it was about God was the hammer. It was like you went to the hammer and, and you asked the Lord for forgiveness. And then three days later, something goes wrong. And you're convinced that maybe it's because even though I asked for forgiveness, he's still mad at me. Just me? You ever been there? You're like, wait, what is the, what is the character of God? Well, I want to encourage you to read Luke 15, 15 times. Get into that and realize God's heart towards a repentant sinner. What does love look like? What does right here, right now look like? 
See, I've come to the conclusion, and, 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 and I'm still developing this whole process, but I look at it and I go, wait, what do we know about this moment where Philip is, is being called, and he's, because he's right in spirit, he's in, in uh, wisdom, and in service, he's actually established. And then what happens? What do we know uh, happens according to Scripture? We know that um, the church gets together. Persecution happens. It's all on. But we know that when um, Philip gets commissioned, the Holy Spirit says to Philip, and you can read it, it says, hey, go. <laughs> this is wild. He goes, to, he says to him, uh, verse 28, says, go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasure of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under uh, Candace and the queen of Ethiopia and blah, 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 things goes on. And then Philip is standing there on this corner because the Holy Spirit said, go. You know, so many times we find ourselves second guessing what God's actually saying because we're still working on getting right here. And because we're working right here, and, and, and here's a, the challenge at times is because we don't understand the character of God and his love for us, then we keep on thinking to ourselves, you know, when I'm really good, when I'm really awesome, then I'll be able to step out and do something great, really be able to do something awesome. I remember as a, as a, as a student going on the road, I went for my first two years, and then there was this music ministry thing started, praise song, it was cool, I was on a, a, they had a travel music ministry as a student, and then they put a full-time team on the road. And I remember thinking to myself, you know what, this could kind of be cool, but I'm really kind of, I don't know if I got the juice and I can make it, blah, blah, blah. And um, I tried out and I made it. And then you had to raise money to do this thing. I was like, okay, wow. Well, I only have three weeks to raise $6,000. And Lord, you said that this is what you want me to do. So, okay, great. All the money came in. Side of three weeks, no problem. Because God said so. But it was a struggle every day for those three weeks. Three weeks is a long three weeks when you're trying to figure out things about finances. Anybody else know that? You're like, dang, three, six, what? Six, hey, 6,000, 6,000 could be 600. If you've got no money, it's, 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 it can be a challenge. But I want to encourage you to God's provision. I want to encourage you to trust him. I want to encourage you where you begin to respond to the right now word of God. For some of you this summer, there's going to be different opportunities. There's going to be opportunities for you to sin, and there's going to be opportunities for you to win. You've got to make sure that you understand that you are not going to sell out your assignment for the sake of your right now moment of sin. I remember, it's going to be either a summer of success and summer of salvation for so many other people, or it's going to be a summer of sin and shame and trying to regroup and trying to rebuild. But i got news for you right now. I'm watching young leaders, and I listen, I speak to young leaders all over the planet, all over the planet. And this isn't, this, um, this, this isn't me just pumping pump up, but I can tell you what, I remember sitting in your seat as a student and thinking to myself, well, you know what, I'm from New Jersey. Like, God, everything's in New Jersey. Like, why do we need to go somewhere? Like, it's like, it's legit. I mean, we got the best food, amazing people. Uh, well, and I, I made this commitment. It's kind of funny. I remember I was, uh, Brother Stacy was teaching the class back uh, in the day, and I remember he was talking about marriage and the family. I'm thinking to myself, like, ah, oh, family, and New Jersey, this and that. I'm like, you know, God, I made a commitment. I'm, if I can go to Jersey Shore every summer, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll stay here. I'll go back the next year. Do you know God doesn't negotiate with you? That doesn't happen. Like, it doesn't happen. I have, I've only been to Jersey Shore, I think, once in like 36 years. And uh, I've been to 47 nations. 
And um, because I said, like, I don't know if I want to do this summer and actually spend time going to nations because I'm really busy. I mean, I got friends. Right now. What are the things that God's speaking to you right now for you to do that you're thinking to yourself, I'm not sure. I have a question for you. Why not? Why not now? If he said so, why not now? What does this summer look like for you? What does this next year look like? What does right now look like? Because there's a thing where so you get right here and God begins to entrust to you some right now moments. And we see in, the, in scripture right now moment for Philip was, here he is standing on the street corner and the Holy Spirit says, hey, just walk alongside this chariot. Hey, just now this guy's inviting you to get in and this guy's saying, hey, explain to me what's actually going on. You know, oftentimes the reason why we don't get into conversations with people to the glory of God is because we're not right here. And so the curiosity they have, the questions they have, we can't answer them. And yes, I will say theologically soundness because you know what? I have friends and people that will debate, to, will debate with me about things that they want to actually say, well, God's into it, where it's actually compromised. I can't find anywhere in Scripture that God actually or, or, ordains it or says okay to it. And therefore, I've got to say, listen, your issue is with God, not with me, but I'm going to follow him. But we don't even get into those conversations because in off times for our lives, we're not right here. And so we can't respond right now. And you know, it's interesting when you look at Philip's life and he's with this eunuch and he's in, the, he's in, this, char- in this chariot and they're having this conversation. And it, the eunuch says, dude, look, you're telling me about the gospel, about being baptized. Look, at, there's water right here. Can't we do it right now? It's been amazing. It's been so humbling in my life to be able to see what God will do with a yielded life. It's amazing. It'll blow you away. And it's not, I'm not trying to sell you on experiences. What I'm saying to you is you have these amazing experiences, but it actually starts with an encounter. I can tell you that the, church, the Lord reminded me, we started a plant eight years ago. The Lord reminded me of a moment I had walking down here, the, down a hill at EBI, where the Lord spoke to me. It was just fresh known. The Lord said, I'm going to take you in a place that you've never been before. I'm going to do through your life what hasn't happened before. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty epic. Like, that's pretty amazing. Wow, God was speaking to me about, about being a, a lead pastor. Well, guess what? It took 28 years for that to happen. What? 28 years for that to happen? Yep, 28 years. I don't even know. I've seen thousands of people come to Christ. I can't even tell you how many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people I've spoken to. I've seen all types of miracles, all types of just amazing things. But I realized that it wasn't something that was just all about being epic. It was about being faithful. We're planting a, we planted a church in, um, in Connecticut. And uh, the wild part about that was is that the church where it's at is the, it's the town I'm in is the, what's called the, the Grand Central Station of the Underground Railroad in Connecticut. For 150 years, there were people that were hiding slaves and helping them. Abolitionist movement for 150 years. We planted a church where people were praying and contending for, where they're still under homes. There were these open spaces where they were hiding slaves at, at the cost of their influence and affluence. They were, I mean, it's amazing and humbling to be in places where we're dealing with people that are some of the most affluent and influential people around. And God is yet breaking their hearts with the simplicity of his love. And people are thinking about things. They're being strategic and tactical about doing things that are just amazing. 
I remember spending time and spending years of my life trying to figure out, like, what am I doing at this table? Because I didn't understand that the Lord orders my steps. And so I found myself speaking at presidential cabinet in Costa Rica, speaking to their the team and people and sharing about the good news of God. And I'm saying to myself, this is, this is amazing. But it wasn't because I was so amazing. It was because someone knew of my story as in preaching this small church, and now I'm speaking to other places. Would you allow the Lord to order your step? Would you allow the Lord to work in your life? Would you allow God on a daily basis, the Holy Spirit to invade your life? Would you be able to, would you posture your heart and say, Holy Spirit, would you search me? Would you do what you want to do in my life? Because the whole world's waiting for you. And God has got such amazing things for you. And I know you hear, oh, God's got such amazing things. But actually, it's going to be painful. (laughs) It's going to be challenging. And so I just want to say this to you. You've heard it before, Romans 10, 14. I know I need to wrap here. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? I just want to encourage you, you know what? Sometimes we're looking for such a really big platform, but your platform build has already begun. It's already begun. Right here, right now, it's already begun. This time that you have dedicated to the Lord, I want to encourage you to make the most of it. Lord, you can make the most of it. You can do what you want to do. I have friendships and relationships of people for spanning decades that got forged here. I've seen, I've seen the Lord do great things and I've experienced his faithfulness in great challenge. It's coming. It does. It does. You look at Philip, church scatters, things shake and move, things blow up. Philip's moving in miracles and healings and all types of things. That's awesome. But it started, his story started before the story was written. Fill with the Holy Spirit, fill with wisdom, gaining respect, that all happened when it wasn't in the news. So I want to call call you to leaders of integrity, leaders of favor, leaders of honor. Because here's the wild part about this whole thing. People, your name will either be something that stirs in people about a problem you solved or a problem you created. And I believe because of the gospel, we have the greatest answer to all of humanity. Hey, can I pray for you? Would you be okay if you stood with me just for a minute? And they're like, oh man, that's really, we went for a really fast drive. But I just want to pray for you and I'm going to turn this over. Thank you once again and what an honor to be here. But I'm going to join you. I'm not just praying for you, but I'm praying for me too. Join me, would you? Holy Spirit, thank you right now for the opportunities that you have created for us. God, we're not wondering about whether you create us because you said in your word that before we were formed in your mother's womb, you knew us, you create us. I thank you for the assignments you have for each and every one of us. God, I thank you for the prophetic destiny and assignment you have for our lives. Lord, I thank you that today we can take a, we can begin to move out in great confidence and great resolve that we can get right here in our hearts and lives. 
Lord, I'm praying right now for each and every one of us that we make decisions that are all about glorifying you and bring you honor. And Lord, that our lives, they declare the goodness and excellencies of our God. That we would move in strength. We would move in life. We would move in humility. We would move with great intention. Lord, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that any foul, lie, assault, assignment that would try and break the mission of God in our lives, we call it done. We break it off in the name of Jesus and we set the order of God. Lord, I declare over hearts and lives today a new level of devotion. God, a new level of breakthrough. I pray, God, right now that where there's been times of stubbornness, hardness of heart, that the rain and refreshing of your spirit would come and soften our hearts, soften our lives for the sake of the gospel. Right here, we would get right here in our hearts, right here in our lives, and we would begin to have ears to hear what the spirit of God is saying for those right now moments. God, thank you for those moments where you speak to us and you say, no, don't go right, go left, go straight. I pray for a new level of discipline that we will be attentive to your voice, God, that you speaking to us about what it is you're doing, we would move with great joy and great intention to be a part of your amazing plan to restore humanity into right relation with you. What a privilege, what an honor. God, you're so good. You're better than good. You're, you're better than we can even imagine. I pray on a daily basis we would taste and see that the Lord is good that we would be ruined for average. Holy Spirit, move in us, move through us, and set your order to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, thank you. It's been an honor to be with you.